0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
1: This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 11, as the New York Rangers have won two in a row against the New Jersey Devils, and tonight against the Montreal Canadiens, and I have to say, we got four out of four points that we should have gotten. I uh, have a little bit of an injury issue that we will discuss, and but things to be things seem to be trending in the right direction. So overall, I am pretty pleased, but um, there's some nuance into my my pleasure with
0: this team, Andy. So I first have to ask you, how are you doing? I'm doing good. A good week of Rangers hockey. Like you had said, they've now won four games in a row. I was able to go to the Devil game the other night, and I had a great time uh, sipping on overpriced White Claws and Yeah, just uh, even if you were a neutral hockey fan, that was a lot. That game was a lot of fun between the back and forth and overtime, and then uh, a nail biter of a shootout. But yeah, good win for the Rangers. Obviously, Kako finally busting out of his slump. Lafreniere getting a goal to kind of also get the monkey off his back, and both of them, you can see, are now starting to put better foots forward. And you're seeing, obviously, we just we're recording this moments after the Rangers defeat the Montreal Canadiens. So Kako gets his second goal in as many games and he looks like a new man. Um, and and Panarin actually want to pass the puck to him. And yeah, so yeah, uh, you could see that the Rangers are trending towards playing more the way Gerard Gallant wants them to play. They're actually shooting the puck now and they end up uh, at least, you know, either out shooting teams or at least staying with them in terms of the amount of shots on goal and, you know, shots on goal lead to more chances. And so who, you know, who, you know, who would have, who would have thunk, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, like I said, there's some things are not where they need to be, but at the same time, this team continues to win, continues to find ways to win and things are actually progressing along. So definitely a one from some of the doom and gloom that was going on when we recorded our podcast last week.
1: Yeah, there's one thing though I have to get off my chest before we move forward and I want to say it now because I'll be thinking about it all podcast and I just want to get it I just want to get it off off my mind. And that is I I am really really starting to hate the Montreal Canadiens. And it, it goes back to them thinking that they're like the second best team in the league because they played the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Stanley Cup final last year. And I know a lot of that team has been shipped away or at least the players that mattered. And, you know, now they're kind of stuck in this limbo where I feel like they walk around, like they should be respected. Like they're like the Stanley cup running up team. Like you played in a joke division of the Canadian division last year because of COVID you're lucky you made it that far. And now you're sitting at four and 11, you have a minus 22 goal differential, you know, and you're going to walk around like punks and take cheap shots at people because you can't win hockey games. And, you know, players like Gallagher and Anderson, you know, and they're just going to walk around the ice or skate around the ice and act like punks because they're on a losing team. They stink. They're at the bottom of the standings. Uh, they had to send Colfield down. That kid, his feelings got hurt. I just hate this whole organization. I hate the Montreal Canadiens. They're becoming my least favorite team in the league, and that's including the Devils and the Islanders. At least I can respect the Devils and Islanders, and we'll get to the Devils because they're like second right now. And the whole P.K. Subban, I'm done with him, like slew-footing people, going recklessly into the boards. I'm done with that. He knocked out Sammy Blay for the remainder of the season. But I really want to focus on Montreal right now, Andy. I I hate them. I I really hate them.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can obviously see that there's a lot of frustration with that group, because like you had mentioned, after going to the Cup Final last season, uh, Shea Weber, is career is put in jeopardy, so he's not playing Carey Price, who is probably one of the only reasons they made it to the Cup Final last year, takes a step away for personal reasons. They're missing... Their other goaltender, uh, I can't his name escapes me right now, they obviously trade Philippe Deneau. And for years, it's just kind of been an, an up and down thing with that organization and him. I have no idea why they would trade him. It was stupid, but... No, uh, I think
1: he signed. He was a free agent.
0: I thought... Um, no, didn't they, didn't they uh, trade him? I, they,
1: I think there was talks about trading because he didn't want to sign an extension with them. And uh, I, I, I could be completely wrong, but I, cause I remember that's what I thought one of the players at the Rangers would be willing to sign, but, uh, I, oh, I, yes. I mean,
0: you're, you're right. I'm sorry. I, I'm getting my, my players mixed up, but no, you're right. So yeah, to it was weird they, because, well, I dead. mean, and I will say, all right, so I will amend my statement to say because of, there was many rumblings that he was unhappy with his usage during his time in Montreal. Cause he fancied himself a number one center and they clearly didn't see him as such, uh, and they were clearly grooming Suzuki to take his job sooner rather than later. So yeah, it just, but it hurts. He's one of the best defensive centers in the NHL. So it obviously stinks to, for them to lose him. And yeah, that's clearly a group that has, is now undermanned. They've lost a lot of games and they're frustrated, which is all well and good. But for Gallagher to sucker punch, uh, Goudreau at the end there, that's Bush league. And then even in the corner, Anderson just going after true. listen, I understand you want to show some pushback and some fight. But and I don't even necessarily have a problem with Trubin Anderson getting into it on the boards because, you know, Truba gives it and the dying seconds he kinda like goes for a puck and kind of gives Anderson a, you know, a shiver into the into his side near the boards go going for a puck. So I get it. That's in the heat of battle. That's fine. But uh yeah, Gallagher, that's a Bush league move. And obviously he's a guy who's frustrated because I think he might see the writings on the wall. He's not getting any younger. And that might be as you want to build off of a season like last year and now you've all of a sudden went from like the end of the board game right all the way back to the beginning because they're going to have to you know rebuild or retool in the next few years here because oh and i meant mentioning they uh losing Yasperi cut can to to the cane so yeah just nothing has gone right for them and uh and this is after being known as like one of the biggest stanley cup final uh flukes or at least team team of destiny you know making it there so uh, yeah, not happy with them. Obviously, not happy with PK Subban, which I'm sure we'll talk about too, because it's just. But I will say that the trend of teams being upset and trying to get in the Rangers' kitchen. Uh, I think that's a sign that they're getting pushed around by the Rangers, which is nice for once, because usually it's the Rangers are getting punked and then they're they don't do anything about it, you know, or there's like you know one of their depth forwards who's only going to be with the team for one season decides to have a half-hearted fight with someone where they just kind of wrestle around and then everyone claps it's like yeah hey, we stood up for ourselves but yeah the rangers are bringing it to teams and obviously it's pissing teams off and they're trying to retaliate so at least like unf un- for- with even though there's some unfortunate side effects to that uh yeah it definitely just kind of shows where the rangers are at right now in comparison to some of the other teams in the league
1: Yeah, and obviously one of the biggest um, reactionary, uh, I guess I should say, issues that the Rangers face now playing this new style, a little bit more physical, is that when you go into the boards and kind of, you know, be the first man on the puck and being a little bit aggressive, a guy like Sammy Blay goes in, P.K. Subban, uh, obviously he didn't mean to make contact with his skate, but he nicked his skate enough and. We spoke about this when he, you know, went to the boards with Reeves. That he gets so low to the ice and 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 he's so strong with his lower body that when he does come in like that and hit a player and hits a player in the skate, I don't know why I just said hit a player, but hits a player that you know it could potentially cause you know uh, put that skater in a vulnerable position, and that's about exactly what he did with Sammy Blay, and of course you know, his, his knee and torn ACL done for the season. So it's just so frustrating. You know, Sammy Blay has been one of the guys that has been so consistent. I feel as a New York Ranger and I was really starting to like his style of play. Uh, You know, he was pretty shifty with the puck. He can play that physical style that the Rangers desperately needed. Uh He was a great depth guy that looked like he was going to, you know, kind of solidify uh, on the, solidify the bottom six which we desperately needed going into this season and now we lost them for the year you know for what and it just it's so frustrating and it sucks and i'm glad we're able to get a win it makes you know that loss a little bit better but i just know somewhere down the line we're going to be wishing we had him in the lineup and he's not going to be there
0: yeah it it really sucks especially because you could see that blay was uh you know, at one point he earlier in the season because of his struggles, everyone was so upset about the Bucinevich trade that people were apparently tweeting, subtweeting him, and tweeting shit at him. So he had to turn off his social media, which sucks. And you could definitely tell the fact that he hadn't had a goal yet was kind of eating at him. But he, yeah, he looked like he was he he was kind of working out well. He de- he definitely looks like what an element this team has desperately lacked and needed in terms of how much he just uses his size to bring it to the middle, but also slow the game down and the fact that he's so big he can protect the puck and kind of just bring it to the slot and just create some chaos so and throw, you know, devastating hits so uh, yeah it's it really I feel I really feel for him he's had injury problems in the past it just it really sucks and obviously Suban you you can litigate relitigate that as much as you want but there whether there's smoke there's fire and this keeps happening to with him uh, already happened to the, uh, this, the Rangers once with the Reeves situation. And then you have Tim Peel uh, in a surreal uh, move coming on Twitter today and tweeting like, Oh, I know PK Superman. I've spoken to him. He's not a dirty guy. He's just lost a step. So he's uh, developed a bad habit, a bad habit. <laughs> like, like, and someone, I saw someone else on, on social media say it They're They were like, Tim, are you like, are you freaking serious? Like, picking your nose is a bad habit this is guys can ending like could end people's careers and is hurting people it's and it's even so if bizarre. even if the the deno one was more just a bad accident because it's like didn't look as it's not like he's like the other ones where he would go in and he flailed the leg out looks like he's turned. it's just but the fact that he seems to have no control of where his feet goes and whether you want to say that's oh because he's an older player andy green is old and slow i don't see Andy green constantly taking guys out at the knees constantly so i don't like i just don't want to hear it from people like you're like well he was he did it yeah obviously those other four ones were slow foots, but this one was more of an accident it's like well i you know a i can't give him the benefit of the doubt b then he needs to learn to control his fucking feet better i just you know it's it's just and it's unfortunate it's, it's how he's
1: going into the boards it's yeah, yeah he it's, does it's it ridiculous. all the time and, it's and, that,
0: that foot is wide like you know he's so wide
1: that when he goes and he goes into the boards and he's so low to the ground and he's got so much power and i know exactly what he's trying to do he's trying to you know create like some sort of base so when he goes in he just doesn't like fall over he needs yeah. to be strong. or he can
0: yeah or he can wrap up he's got the yes. he's got the option to go either way if someone tries to roll off he can at least because he's slower, he now has a chance to push either way to like wrap a guy up because he's not as fast as he once was, and that's exactly you're absolutely right. That's exactly what he's doing. But right, and, and he's like coming I in it, slow, he, and taking guys out the knees. It's it's bullshit. yeah,
1: it's 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 a tough look, and you know, it just su- it just sucks. It's like yeah. the you know one guy on the team that you know I, I really liked from the beginning, and, and never really felt like he was you know not playing up to you know my expectations at least because you know i just wanted him to be that guy that stabilized the bottom six and played physical and did all you know did the little things correctly and that's exactly what he was doing And he, he wasn't a guy that needed to show up on a stat sheet so you know losing a guy like that is you know it, people can talk shit all they want i mean S- sammy blay has been great since he's been a new york ranger and i don't care who uh, who says anything different um you know, Andy, I do want to go back and kind of talk about a little bit of the Devils game. And, you know, I guess even, you know, this game too, uh, you know, the Devils, they blew another lead. They won in overtime, which is not ideal In when you're playing in a division opponent. You don't want to give them that extra point, but you're able to walk away, you know, with a a, a plus one in the point column against the New Jersey Devils, you know. Does it concern you a little bit that we kind of blow leads? Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't, there's something about this team, Andy, that may, doesn't make me buy into the ten three and three record that we have right now.
0: I, I I'm I will say this. I am buying into their record. I think I they're clearly not a. I don't think they're a top flight contender, but they're definitely a team that can make the postseason. I I've seen their you can I mean for me the way I've been looking at it as they have been trying to figure out this playing Gerard Gallant hockey and obviously the first few games were pretty ugly obviously the the Washington game was ugly inconsistent effort in the Dallas game and then they had a nice little run there against some of the, the worst teams where they were like figuring out how to play more defensively but also weren't taking too many shots and this and that and They've, but they've been fine. Obviously, they were lucky early with Igor, but since then they've cobbled together some wins with some more timely goals and just like I said, good goaltending. But recently, I don't really feel like they're winning, and it's not like goaltending's bailing them out. If anything, I'd say between Georgiev, you know, I, I mean, a lot of the reason they're in these situations sometimes is because you know Georgiev, even coming back, is clearly mentally shot uh some of those goals he gave up in the devil's game were pretty much inexcusable the dougie hamilton goal i don't know how you give that up um and the five hole goal that's a you know i mean listen a breakaway is a 50 50 especially in that that's a good shot you have to give uh was that brat uh like some credit but yeah but even in the shootout someone online said he had a 10 hole and not a five hole yeah well and that's the thing but the thing is the rangers are winning these games so and i think they're to me, like I said, they've been putting up higher shot totals. There's, uh Panera's finally coming around, and and that obviously Kako's come on finally. The and uh, you see it now; they're putting up points, and they're and I don't listen. I don't, I don't. I think it's one of those things where I'm not expecting them to jump from the Rangers we've seen over the last few seasons to looking like Florida or Tampa at times i I'm, i don't need that to be honest i just want them to look like a team that's clearly talented enough to make the playoffs and that's really it and progression and they're trying to do and i think they mentioned on the telecast today too is that they're trying to do they're trying to bring Kako, lafreniere gotier nils lungfist keandre miller they're trying to bring these kids along and be and be a contending team at the same time that's really tough it's like usually you have one or the other teams that are doing that are bottom feeders. They're your Arizonas and your Ottawa's and your Montreal's now of the world that are cobbled together rosters, you know what I mean? But the Rangers are just, they're trying to have their cake and eat it too, and it's kind of hard and it usually isn't a successful combo, but I would be lying if I said I don't start, I'm not starting to see the, you know, the Turk effect take hold. I think they're, I think they're getting there. I think they're, obviously they're going to miss their details, but overall I like their structure a lot more especially in I thought during the devil game against a really fast devil's team, they were very good with their structure and yeah, obviously they had breakdowns and that's what led to the goals against or, you know, a a mental lapse, but I would rather that than just not them clearly not knowing or being able to execute a system. So again, it's crawling along here, James, I think that they're getting better and better. Um, But no, I mean, listen, I, I'm also under no illusions that they are, you know, well, I mean, yeah, that they are a top yeah. flight contender.
1: Yeah, no, and, and listen, we—I got—I have a role to play in my own mind, in my <laughs> own personal uh, world of being a New York Rangers fan, and I cannot totally buy into this team. I listen, they beat Florida, but Florida was due for a loss. They beat Ed, uh, they they lost to Edmonton, they lost to Calgary twice, they lost to Washington. Every other team that they played. Uh, you know, you could say that they're middle of the pack. I, I think they really have a, you know, I think they caught Toronto at, at a good time. This Tor- Toronto team right now that they're going to be playing against is going to be a huge test. I mean, Toronto, I mean, just like Calgary, will make you pay if you're going to have those mental lapses. They will score on every single offensive opportunity that they have. And the Rangers got to be prepared and be able to counter and be able to limit those mental mistakes and those mental lapses that, you know, cause quick turnovers and, you know, or, or take a, you take a stupid penalty, like even the penalty that, you know, Keandre Miller took today, you can't take against, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs. You can't have that, you know, uh, that being a step behind. So now I kind of have to take a smart penalty in order to make up for it, which, you know, in the game in the you know, essence of that game, you know, that worked out, that's fine. But, you know, you cannot do that against Toronto. You can't take dumb penalties. And, you know, if you're going to try to play the same game that you've been playing against some of these weaker teams and, you know, giving up these, you know, grade A opportunities for them to score, or if a goalie lets in a weak goal, we can't afford that. So Toronto has been, you know, one of the better teams in the NHL after they had a rough start. And, you know, I think the Rangers will be, Man, they're going to be up for it. I mean, this is a huge test at Toronto. Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm nervous, Andy. I, I am nervous to see what this team is going to, you know, do in front. In, yeah. A legit contender.
0: Yeah. And listen, I don't think they need to beat Toronto, to be honest. It's hard enough to, the Rangers have been winning a lot of games on the road and they've been on the road a lot. And like you said, they, they, they eked out the win in Toronto last time. So they, but they have to at least look like they can hang with them. Right. Because obviously the Rangers, you know, Toronto was trying to bust out of their slump last time. So they were buzzing last time. And the Rangers, thanks, you know, thank God they had Schusterk and didn't look all that hot. But were, you know, they were getting uh, opportunistic goals and stuff. So but so, yeah, they just have to look like they can skate. And, you know, hopefully the boost of confidence in some of their younger players really helps them out. And just feeling like they can skate and move their feet more and just start shooting the puck. Because obviously that's the thing with Toronto is that when they get their feet moving, they're super deadly. But at the same time, when the more you keep them hemmed in and they're a little bit more of a slight team and they kind of wilt against physicality sometime. And this Rangers team is definitely, yeah, it seems like they're, they're, everyone's getting in on the four check a little bit more and it's really helped them, obviously. So, yeah, I guess we'll see. And then obviously the game versus Ottawa on Saturday has been postponed due to COVID reasons, which sucks because there Otto was another team that's struggling mildly right now and it would be would have been nice to pick up some more points you know but we'll see He'll, they'll pay, play them whenever uh as we record this with that victory the rangers are tied for first in the league yes they have games in hand or other teams have games in hand in them but uh that you know they'll be they're 10-3 and 3 uh as of this recording on uh Tuesday night it's for uh, 23 points so that's pretty cool um I Is Washington playing tonight? As as we I record, I think Washington this? is playing. They're playing. They're they're playing the Ducks, who are pretty hot right now at the, ten. And if they lose, uh, the Rangers and and the Capitals will have played both played sixteen games, but the Rangers will have been ahead because the Rangers will have twenty three points and Washington would only have twenty two if they lose. But uh, obviously, Washington has also been a a hot team, hence you know the top. But we're finally starting to see some separation as I as I look at the uh, standings and then the wild card the the Islanders just got uh, the shit kicked out of them tonight by the, the Florida Panthers. They clearly look like a team that is not, it, it, You know, it, it, they were definitely a bit of a ticking time bomb with their age, and now that they have, they're trying to, they're trying to integrate some younger players, but their their older players are older, and Barry Trust doesn't really trust the young guys, and they don't. Yeah, they just don't have the same. They can't grind it out like they once did. So, and yeah, uh, Penguins lost again. So, yeah, we're finally starting to see some separation. And what's the old saying is that if you can be in a playoff spot by Thanksgiving, uh, you're usually in a pretty good that bodes well for your chances to be in the postseason uh, come late April, May. So, oh, yeah, hopefully they can uh, they can keep it going here. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests and DraftKings is giving customers free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, I clicked on
1: the standings and I legit was like, okay, what what standing do I have up? Because the Rangers are in one. I got to put... I gotta click on a different one because they have like the division, the wild card, the conference, the league. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. What is this reverse order or something like that? No, it's just bizarre. Seeing it is bizarre,
0: and that's the thing. I feel like if we brought uh, you and I from when we recorded our the first podcast of season three, or even over the summer, like Bill and Ted style, we brought them here in a in a phone booth, and they're like, what? what place are rangers in i was like well they're, they're first and they're like oh my god this is amazing and it's like yeah. well yeah but they're they're kind of you know i don't know it does not look at their like and they would be like what the you know what the f is wrong with That's, you <laughs> yeah. Rangers are in first place why what, like why what is all this doom and gloom so uh yeah i mean again it's uh, yeah it's it's definitely chris Kreider remains hot adam fox even when he has off nights still is good for three heady mind-bending plays a game uh, Igor, even he's been looked off tonight, but he still made some pretty good 10-bell saves when he had to. And I think that's the thing. I think as they get more confident here and kind of start believing the younger guys, believing, oh, we, we're not the passengers anymore that just flashed their promise or like the actual guys who have to get in the trenches but feel they can do that. I just think that this team is going to get better and better, You know, especially they're one of the youngest teams in the league still. And yet, here you know, here they are. They're they're making their way up the standings. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm obviously I've a lot of my doom and gloom over the last two weeks have slowly trended in a positive direction. And I think we should definitely talk about Lafreniere and Kako uh, now because obviously we most of our podcasts recently have been debating what to do with these two and were they going to ever start trending in the right direction and bust out of their slumps. And you know, obviously now it looks like Kako. Has definitely gotten over the hump a little bit. Uh, Yes, it's only two games, but he's got, uh, he's got, uh, what that way he had, uh, two points and a shootout goal last game. And then he had a goal, a very nice goal tonight. Um, and yeah, even Lafreniere looked more noticeable. So obviously it looks like, and Lafreniere got a goal last game. So yeah, it looks like, uh, things are, they might be turning a corner here. So that's good to see. What are your current opinions on Kako and Lafreniere? Okay.
1: Kako. All right, listen, I, I know Kako has been scoring the last couple games, and he scored a huge goal against the New Jersey Devils. He scored, a, you know, a nice goal tonight. The, my only issue with him is like, I, I need more. He has so many opportunities to score more to, you know, he made another play and a great play, trying to do a wraparound. Like, I need more of this. Like every game, he should be this dominant. He's, he's young, he's got the legs, he's now got the strength. He's got two linemates that are willing now to give him the puck. I think he's got some confidence in himself. I would like to string some momentum here, right? And just keep going with that. Get points. Like, even if it's secondary assists, I think this kid is very hard on himself. And if he just sees his name and points growing next to his name, I, I think it'll be a snowball effect. I think he's that... Young and that naive to think that if he's not showing up on the score sheet, then he's not contributing to this team. He just needs to, you know, gain a little confidence, feel good about himself. And if he gets some points, I really think he can probably, you know, actually be a second overall pick for the New York Rangers and, and play like it. So that's how I feel about Kako. I'm not sold yet on him, but I see it. Like, I see the potential. I it just it just needs to get going. I need I need legs here. If if for some reason like if the game against uh, the Maple Leafs gets canceled too, it'll be devastating because I feel like Kako just needs to keep playing every other night and just you know you know feel that flow, feel that uh, confidence grow. So that's how I feel about Kako. Lafreniere, Andy, I I almost feel the complete opposite. I just feel like. This kid passes when he should shoot, shoots when he should pass. Uh, There's some, the one pass he had today, he had basically a wide open, you know, lane to get a really nice shot, even if it was a shot for a rebound. And he decides to pass it and he passes it like right into a guy's body. And it's just like, dude, like this is the type of stuff like you should know already like you're not a six round pick. You're the first overall pick. Like this is common sense hockey stuff that you should have. Like this should be basic, you know, I, and I just scratch my head. I, I just don't see it in Lafreniere at all. I just, I don't.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I think he definitely looked better the last two games because he's been invisible. So you're at least he's doing things. true. He, he's made. So obviously that's an improvement, but you're right. You know, I think in a lot of ways, right now he kind of reminds me of kako in his uh er, you know earlier tenure with the rangers in that is you know he can't he can't win his board battles yet he's not strong enough um not quite fast enough to hit his spots i think obviously the good thing about lafreniere is that naturally being a bigger kid and not being as uh, slow of a skater as kako was is that he can you know, he can he's I think you can see that his brain is advanced enough to tell him where to go. That's I think that's why he scores all these tipping goals right now. Cause he's like he's you know, he's not an idiot. He's got good vision. He understands, he's like, All right, this guy's got the puck, I'm gonna go to the weak side and I can slam this in, or I'm gonna join this uh, you know, join the rush real quick and, and go to like I said, go to the far post, or I'm gonna stand to the side of the net in case it goes there. And you know, you've seen him move pucks to the point and make some outlet passes good. Uh, so I think he can do that because he's again, I think he's got good uh, pretty high hockey IQ, but that being said, I think the game is still much kind of like Nils Lundqvist. I think the game is just still coming at him a little too fast, much like it was coming for Kako. But, um, you know, my hope is obviously at some point and who knows if that'll even be this season or if it might be next season, uh, that you'll see the switch go off where all of a sudden they look, he looks more confident taking guys one-on-one like, cause again, we, our you know, kakos first year here he would try to take guys one-on-one and they'd immediately just say you know either shove him in the ice or just poke the puck off him because he's got no you know he just didn't he was too predictable and he just couldn't process the game fast enough or make decisions quick enough but now you see him hold on to the puck and just deking guys out of their pants and moving around them because he's much more comfortable playing in traffic and he's just it yeah his mentally his he got there and same thing with lungfist i think He's had his moments where when they're really hemmed in, he makes he panics and he'll put pucks in his backhand and he'll like he'll make his outlets way too hard and he'll ice the puck or he'll just blindly get it out because you know his the sensors in his head are saying, get it out, get it out, get it out. We've been hemmed in instead of saying, I just need to take a breath here, hold it on the boards and wait for something to present itself so I'm not just icing this puck and we're I'm gonna be stuck here another you know. And I, again I think these things will come, but yeah, I think clearly Kako has turned a corner whereas Lafreniere I think this season you're going to see at the end of it, you're going to be like, Oh, you know, he had respectable goal scoring, maybe pedestrian goal scoring, maybe even pedestrian points. But that's only the only reason is because of his uh, hockey IQ. But I think he definitely needs to get a, a skate you know, work on his skating again and work on getting stronger. Cause I just don't see him winning his battles. And like you said, it's just, there's, it's just gripping the stick and just when not you know, passing, when you should shoot and shooting, when you should pass. And I think that's, why they were saying it's like Kako took a, a shot right off the opening, you know, in the opening shift. And who cares? Just keep testing the goaltender and things will happen, open up for you. But yeah, he's, he's, I don't think he's, he's a few steps behind Kako in the development curve. But hopefully, we, you know, Kako's proof that you can get there. It's just, uh, yeah, it might not come all at once.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I keep in the back of my head, you know, as much as I'm ba- bashing Lafreniere, there's a part of me that's like, Well, last year, I felt like the last, like, 10, 15 games that the Rangers played, that was the best hockey that Lafreniere played, and I I don't know if it was just he got a little bit more comfortable, and the game kind of slowed down, where, you know, teams aren't as, you know, full of energy, and, you know, that grind, and just being a youthful kid in his first year, and, you know, him being, you know, a smarter hockey player in terms of being in the right positioning you know, maybe he just took advantage uh, of that. So there's a part of me that's like, you know what, let's give it a few, you know, maybe he'll get better towards the end of the season when maybe the game slows down uh, because guys are battling injuries. They're just exhausted. They're coming back from a road trip. You're catching a team, you know, uh, in a, in a losing skid, Uh, teams that give up because they're out of the playoff. Like there's so many scenarios that the Rangers, you know, and, could be in and their opponents could be in that, you know, could change the outcome of Lafreniere season for me right now, uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, uh, Phil, who was on the podcast uh, with me when you couldn't make it, Andy, you know, he actually asked a question today and he's like, what are your expectations for these guys? And he's like, 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 what would you want from them for them to not be considered busts? And it was like, well, I mean, I don't think it's that crazy for the first and second overall picks to have at least, you know, 50, 60 points in their third year, them, you know, basically carrying a line, be players that can be game changers and, you know, guys that, you know, they can drive their own line. They don't need a Panarin. They don't need a Zibanejad on their line to kind of, you know, carry them across the finish line. You know, I want them to be those guys that's what I expect out of a guy that's drafted first and second overall and anything less than that, you know, I'm sorry, but that's, that's, that's being a bust. Like I don't need you to be a good third line player that, you know, doesn't get scored upon. I don't want that from my first and second overall picks. I want, I want them to be, you know, what usually those guys are. And I want them to be stars in the NHL. I want them to be the leaders and the impact players on the New York Rangers. I want them to be the next Panarin and next Zibanejad because we're going to need those guys, you know, at the end of Panarin and Zibanejad's contracts. We're going to need those guys, you know, to kind of fill that void when they're a step or two slower. So
0: that's how I feel. Yeah, I mean, I I think I'll only push back a little bit in that. I just think the one thing is that I think they can be those guys, but I just... I see from some of the elite players around the league now. I see guys that got there relatively soon, and then I see guys that took a little bit more of the scenic route, but have become very, very, very good players. But just took them a little bit longer. And so I, you know, as far as Kako and Lafreniere is concerned, I, I think Kako, it's coming for him. I think if they, as long as they keep him stapled to Panarin and Strom this season, I think he's going to, it's just going to help his confidence more and more. And I think then eventually you would probably be able to move him to another line. If God forbid you need, wanted to break that lineup, even though they've been, they're finally finding some good chemistry. I think from listening to Lafreniere in his post, I think he's actually trying, I mean, and this is just all speculation on my part. I think he's trying to fit in more than to, I think he's trying to be you have a team guy more than he's trying to be a Lafreniere guy. And I. it sounds noble on paper, but I almost would like him to be a little bit more selfish where I think he's just in his own head. He's like, oh, I got to play within this, you know, uh, whatever. It, within the system, I have to like, because I do see him hustling more to, to forecheck and hit his assignments and stuff and make his outlet passes, which is good, you know, and I have, and I think off the puck he's been better than he has been in the past where he was, especially early, earlier this season, he was floating a lot and he's, he is trying to, he's moving his feet more, which is good. But again, I think he's just, it, it has him chasing things too much. Um, and yeah, I think selfishly, I want him to look offes- offensively potent. So I wouldn't even mind a little bit more, not floating, but you know, you know, knowing when to cheat and when you have to at you know really uh, adhere to your assignments, especially if you're playing with guys like Gautier and and Hiedel who are who are very fast and can maybe cover for some of your uh, your if you if you're a little speed deficient. But yeah, again, I I don't know. I just I I'm of the opinion, especially with with any player drafted, but even you, you look at some guys who are it's taken them. Obviously, it sucks when you have. Uh, like Lucas Raymond and Dawson Mercer and all these g- guys looking dynamite right out of the gate. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't know. Then I look at people like uh, Aaron Ekblad and Pavel Zaka and all these other guys who it took them a couple of years or even Nico Heischer, you can make a case for it, took them time to, to crawl their way up to being the players that they are now. So um, yeah, who knows? I, I hope Lafreniere eventually gets there. I think what you're seeing from Kako now, if if he just keeps this level of confidence up and just keeps doing what he's doing, then that should be, yeah, that should obviously be the result for him so far. So I guess we'll have to see. But uh, again, yeah, I can't help but be, I'm getting to become more positive about this team just because, again, they're, they're kind of, they're first in the NHL. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Let's, I'm going to just take a second to let that sink in, really, because it's kind of surreal now that I'm saying it out loud.
1: Yeah, I just, you know, hope we don't become one of those memes where it was like how how it's going and then or oh, it how like, it started how, how it's going. Yeah, man. how it started how it's going and then at the end of the year we're like, you know, six points out of a wild card spot. Um the one thing Andy I I want to just finalize my thoughts here. Sure. I, I know, you know, on the last podcast, you know, I did the call-in questions and you know, I was calling for the trading of Lafreniere and, and Kako, I'm not saying that we need to trade them like immediately because they're bust right now. My only worry is that number one, I am a Rangers fan. So for me to have my heart broken over these two players is not crazy for me to think that that heartbreak is, is eventually coming. Number two is I really, in my, like, how I judge them by year three, this is Kako's third year. And I know, you know, COVID has, you know, happened in, in, that might have, you know, inhibited his growth a little bit. But by this year, he should be comfortable. He should be, a, you know, a comfortable NHL player and not feel like, you know, he's got to prove himself to, to play at this level. Like it, it, it should click by now at year three. So, you know, Lafreniere still does have another year in my own little mental world. But, you know, the, the one thing after that is, you know, how valuable do they become you know, on the trading block, if you're going to have to move on from them, and that—that's the only thing, like I think about. You know, so when I say let's trade them, I am being a little, you know, negative Nancy. But there's a part of me that's like, if they are busts, like which is not out of the question for them to be busts in the NHL, then we should like have to trade trade them sooner than than later. Because I, I, I just just rip the bandaid off now.
0: I yeah, and I understand. The Rangers' uh, track record at developing young talent is uh, abysmal. They have the I forget the last player they drafted that has uh, sixty points was what uh, was it? A Monty? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ! So, um, but yeah, you know who knows? Uh, if Chris Kreider keeps scoring goals, he's going to have sixty goals, much less sixty points. So you know, streaks are made to be broken. So maybe they can turn it here. And yeah, I feel like it's coming together. For this team, um I you know I know we don't have too much more time, but I do want to. I think we should we should talk about how how good Jacob Truba has been this season because I think he's kind of been the un, unsung hero of this team. I really haven't you know he's maybe has had one game where I thought he wasn't good, and other than that, you know Miller's obviously had his breakdowns because he's a rookie, but Truba has been solid. He's been jumping up in the play and he's been scoring timely goals, and he's been beating guys up and he's playing like an $8 million player. Um, Right now I have no, if he keeps playing like this, I have no problem with his contract. I never thought I would say that, but he's playing great. And uh, especially when the, when the Rangers are in their own Zen end, I feel like he's probably the best player at killing cycles with his physicality and just holding the puck and just literally muscling guys off. And yeah, I've, I've just love what I've seen from him. So it's, it's, you know, obviously everyone else've we've, uh, we've glowed about Fox in this podcast. We've eaten our crow about Chris Kreider and his uh, scoring, and we've talked about Panera and finding his footing. But yeah, I do th- I think because you and I have been very hard on Truba. So I think we should at least we, I think we owe it to at least uh, him to say, you know what? he's right now he's, he he's definitely proved me wrong. I'll say that. I won't speak for you, but he's proved me wrong. No,
1: no and, and this is what I wanted out of him. Like I, I always knew this was there. I mean, we've seen it elsewhere. I mean, he, he was, you know, at the time he was like the hottest defenseman on the market and the Rangers were able to grab him and were like, Oh my god, we got Jacob Truba. This guy's gonna be a force for the next, you know, eight years that we got him. And, you know, and it just wasn't there. It didn't happen. And I thought, you know, maybe it was Brady Shea, you know, they had their friendship. I thought they were more concerned about holding hands on the ice and than playing hockey and you know, uh, you know Shea went away, and Truba didn't really get that you know better, and you know, and now he's just kind of playing within himself and just being a physical force and playing like playoff Truba. You know how I mentioned? You know, if the Rangers get to the playoffs, they're going to need a guy like Jacob Truba to eat minutes. You know, play that grinding style, be able to be physical along the boards, win puck battles, be disruptive. This is all the things that Jacob Truba can do. He just didn't do it. And now that he's doing it, I mean, you see the benefits of it. I mean, man, I mean, his play, you know, tonight was the, basically the cause of the uh, Kreider goal when Zben, Z- him and zabenjad went the other way after you know Truba made a nice physical play. It's just you know, these are the things that you want to see, and and you know, hopefully Gallant is able to kind of coach that out of him and kind of you know get him back to the Truba of old because. When Truba's playing his best hockey, he's certainly worth the money, you know, that that we signed him to. So that's definitely a good sign. And, you know, we're definitely going to need him because, you know, the Rangers defenseman, you know, you could say, obviously, you don't have to worry about the Fox Lindgren pairing. But, you know, him and Miller, you know, Miller is going to still have growing pains. You know, I, I think he's done a tremendous job so far, but, you know, we need Truba to kind of be that, you know, uh, that safety net there for that second pairing. And then, you know, we can worry about the third pairing later, but you know, yeah, all good things from Truba this year He's definitely playing the best hockey in a New York Rangers sweater.
0: Yeah. Well said. Um, yeah. So I guess like you said, a tough task on Thursday against the Maple Leafs, um, I guess with Ottawa game canceled, what's their next game after that? They... I,
1: th- I think they have the, uh, they play on Sunday. I think they have the, Buffalo on Sunday.
0: Buffalo uh, just won tonight. They beat the Penguins. Yeah, they beat Pittsburgh. Yep, 2-1. So, one. so um,
1: you know, again, a team that, you know, obviously is overachieving right now, but Andy, so important, so critical, especially if you lose to Toronto, which, you know, it's to be expected. you got to bounce back and get a, you know, win at home against Buffalo, a weaker opponent that's going to be at the bottom of the standings because – Then the next three games, you got the Islanders, Boston Islanders, and, you know, those are going to be a a tough challenge. Three games in a row, two on the road, uh, one, you know, at 1 p.m. and Thanksgiving. So, you know how the Rangers always struggle at those 1 p.m. games, especially against the Flyers, which always seem to have those games. But, you know, a little Thanksgiving two points would be nice. So, but yeah, no, you got to You got to, you know, be competitive against Toronto. Game against Ottawa's postponed, and you got to get a win at home against Buffalo.